We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, all right. Welcome to another edition. Whoa, I picked a different version of the theme song today, and I forgot I put this like random little guitar in there. And that caught me off guard. Um, I think I was using that for ad reads. Okay, I'm I'm changing my volume on the fly. There we go. Um, <laughs> great intro. Welcome to another Butting Heads podcast, part of Ramstock Radio and the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Steve Barrow here with Johnny Gomez. Johnny, how we doing? It's another week of the off season. We got to watch the, um, yeah, like we can't even really make fun of the 49ers because it was such a depressing injury riddled game. I, like, I don't know. I'm still laughing at them, but not for the quarterbacks. If, if Brock Purdy didn't get hurt, they still would have gotten blown out in my humble opinion. Hell at that. I'm going to make fun of them <laughs> continuously because it wouldn't matter if it was uh, the opposite end for the Rams. I mean, it kind of was, and they were laughing at us all season for a good reason, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, I I feel no empathy. I don't care. Um, but it was so sweet seeing them get picked apart <laughs> by the Eagles. And, yeah, um, even if, like you said, even if Brock Purdy stood healthy, uh, they they were going to get crushed. It was just obvious. Yeah, the the NFC, you know, if the playoffs prove one thing, it's that the NFC fucking sucked this year. It was not a no good question. conference. The Eagles were really the only legit team. Not that the 49ers weren't good, but I, I don't know. Um, I, the, the Eagles kind of they tore them up. They're a much better team. 
And, you know, I, I pulled this fun fact, Johnny. The Carolina Panthers came into the NFL in 1995. And in that time, they've been to two Super Bowls. And since 1995, the 49ers have also been to two Super Bowls. So they're basically like the Carolina Panthers since, you know, we've been watching football. Uh, just a mediocre organization that's had some success. Uh, yeah, the NFC West has won three championships since 1999, and the 49ers have contributed to zero of them. <laughs> you got to love it. You, you got to love, love that stat. Yeah, can't, uh, I'm already getting ready for the excuses for next year for why they continue to fail. But that's fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we talked all this shit about them, and then we're going to about the hopefully say positive things about a for, former Kyle Shanahan project. Oh, boy. <laughs> this should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. So um, if you've been following the interwebs, the news, the Rams hired Michael Floor to fill their open offensive coordinator position. Mike has coached the – he's been the Jets offensive coordinator for the last two years. Before that, he was an assistant under Kyle Shanahan for, why, for a while, worked his way up from intern, uh, I believe, when Shanahan was with the Panthers to um, passing game coordinator and then was hired by the Jets to be their offensive coordinator. Under a defensive coach, so – I would say that gig came with more responsibility than this new gig with the Rams. Uh, I texted my cousin Denny asking for pros and cons from LaFleur because he watched every Jets game this year. He said cons, he's horseshit at game planning and play calling. Also terrible at drawing young players' talents out. Pros, Rams are mostly a veteran team and Stafford should be able to keep in check. And biggest pro, he's Matt LaFleur's brother. Uh, which is probably accurate in terms of his biggest uh, pro. So yeah, you look at what he did with the Jets last year. They were eight, they were they had the eighth lowest yards per game. Johnny, do you know who had the lowest yards per game? The Rams. The Los Angeles Rams. Yes, uh, they all <laughs> not good. Um, they also had the fourth lowest points per game. But I mean, when you dig into it. They were cooking a little bit with Brees Hall. He gets hurt. Um, the quarterbacks all year were Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Mike White. I need water. My mouth is going to dry. Sorry for the dead air. So, like, it, the pieces weren't totally in place. He never really had a good quarterback. But at the same time, like, it's not his fault that Zach Wilson was bad, but it's kind of his fault that Zach Wilson was bad. And... Uh, he alienated Elijah Moore. Like, him getting fired was a pretty reasonable thing to happen. It was it was not pretty for the most part. So, he comes here. He'll be a head coach in two years with the way everything goes. <laughs> He's probably not going to be calling plays. He's not going to be designing the system. I'm Certainly, I'm sure he'll have a lot of input. But, I mean, how do, how do you feel about the, this hire? It's, it's a very Sean McVay move just taking another guy from the Shanahan coaching tree which um Sean McVay technically is not part of the Kyle Shanahan coaching tree but he also is 
kind of a part of it. But how, how, do, how do you feel about, about Matt LaFleur coming in as offensive coordinator? Mike LaFleur, which was Matt. It's Mike. Uh, to tell you the truth, it I think this was probably about as good of a move as the Rams could have done. Because I think what people need to understand is that when the Rams are trying to fill in an offensive coordinator position, they can't go after the sexier picks. Like I highly doubt that considering if the Rams didn't uh, sign LaFleur that they could have uh, gotten Kellen Moore or someone, you know, some bigger name like that simply they're not going to basically have a lot of responsibility. This is, basically Sean McVay's team and while yes I'm sure there's going to be certain checks and balances that the offensive coordinator for the Rams is going to have it's not going to be the responsibility that you know these bigger names are going to want so at least with LaFleur you're kind of getting somebody with you know, overall, maybe a similar philosophy and maybe somebody that can do a lot more than what Liam Cohen did last year. Uh, as far as the floor, Johnny, I think uh, you and I might have been able to do more than Liam Cohen did last year. <laughs> You're not wrong. But, <laughs> but as far as LaFleur, you know, with his time with the Jets, I think it's funny because I was looking at different people's reactions on on Twitter and other places, and and it's kind of funny because they're like huge extremes like it normally is. Like people are praising it like it's the biggest signing ever, and then people are saying it's the worst signing ever. Like what, what are the Rams thinking? And meanwhile, I'm just sitting here thinking it's, it's a, okay signing it's not horrible it's not great um i i'm just baffled but you know judging by what he did in in new york i feel like i thought he did an adequate job you know uh maybe not nothing spectacular but you you see overall the way the offense was trending with uh you know with guys like joe flacco and mike white who, in my opinion, are not exactly quarterbacks you want to work with. Um, yeah, I think we've seen and, enough of Mike White to say he's bad. It yes. took a while to reach that conclusion, but I think he's bad. But that's just it right there. Right there. That's just it. You are seeing Mike White, who, who uh, you know, is a feel-good story in, in many ways, uh, but you're seeing the Jets prefer him over you know the guy that they invested more into in in Wilson and and you can't help but like kind of feel bad there and it's for a good reason because Wilson was just an awful quarterback like and you can't you can't really necessarily blame that on the floor i mean maybe he does get a little bit of the blame but overall like it's just it was just awful watching Wilson out there. And I I can't help but feel bad for, for the Jets fans because it's like you get another bad quarterback. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, they, they need to get a vet. They can't draft somebody this year. 
But, like, you can't give him zero blame for, for Zach Wilson. He deserves no. some blame. Sale deserves some blame. That being said, um, and, like, Brees the point. What'd you say? Brees Hall, though. Yeah, he got a lot out of Brees Hall. And he got a yeah. lot out of Zonovan Knight. You know? Yep. Uh, he might get a lot of Cam out of Cam Akers. And, and yeah, I, I'm a line that, like, is a good hire. It's not a great hire. But the way the Rams run their team you're not you're probably not getting a great hire you know and even like i can't even if we got cliff kingsbury i'd be really excited about it but i wouldn't be able to call it a great hire because i don't know how good that guy is but it's 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 a good hire he he knows the an adjacent system in kyle shanahan's and he yeah he's he was in that system for a while yeah i i I think it's a good move i think i think bringing him in and was a was a was a really good decision. And yeah, well, there are a lot of gripes that I could point out about the Jets, but he's walking into an entirely different situation with different goals and different personnel. And I think um, to the point Denny made, which I read earlier, like he's not going to really going to be developed. He's not developing a quarterback here, and even running back wise, he got a lot out of Brees Hall. So. He might be able to get a lot of out of K makers if he's a guy. Yeah, I I think that's kind of the overall thing that I'm excited about and hoping that um, because even if you know it's not just Cam Akers, there I I imagine that if the Rams don't just run with uh, Cam Akers, they could also hopefully try and get more out of like say Kern Williams. Um, Kieran or Kyron? I never pronounce his name right. I always say Kieran, and I don't know if that's right either. Uh, anyway, uh, to get more out of him and Acres, and potentially another running back, most likely going to be a younger running back. So I, I think in that regard, if Lafleur is great with running backs, which we, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not 100 percent sure if it was if it was Lafleur or if it was Brees Hall. But you got to give him a little bit of credit on that. So um, if that's the case, I think that's a this is a step in the right direction because our ground game hasn't really been good since Todd Gurley, and that's that's too long. That's too long. Yeah, so, and like the Rams' offensive coordinator position is like <laughs> it's not a sexy job while you're in it, but. You're basically setting yourself up to be a head coach. And the fact that Liam Cohen went from this position to being the offensive coordinator at Kentucky again means that we must, like, that's got to be rock bottom for this role under Sean McVay. Because, like, you look at the last guys that had responsibility. um, Matt LaFleur, head coach. Kevin O'Connell, head coach. Was Shane Waldron ROC? Or was he like run game coordinator? I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe he was an offensive coordinator for one season. Yeah, he went to, he became an offensive coordinator with the Seahawks, uh, which is, you know, you, you get more responsibility than you do with the Rams. I'm trying to pull up their history. Um, uh, Waldron was never the the OC. It went from Matt Lafleur to, to Kevin O'Connell. 
Oh. Wait, who was in between them? Did we? Oh, did we just not have one? That's possible. I think we might have just. Yeah, I think we didn't have one for two years, so it probably was really more a mix of Waldron, uh, Zach Taylor, guys. That so he was the around. unofficial offensive coordinator. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because McVay was the offensive coordinator. Um, that was a weird time. Yeah, because 2019 was a disaster, so they hired an offensive coordinator. Is what happened. Now, now it's coming back to me. <laughs> Interesting, but I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, in fact, I was having this conversation uh, with a buddy of mine that pretty much, if you're under the Sean McVay coaching tree, you're unless you're doing absolutely horrible, like William Cohen, you have you're essentially set yourself up to being uh, to having a brighter future in the NFL. I mean, you look at even guys like Thomas Brown, uh, who is, you know, practically in line getting in a spot. And, and that's amazing, you know, and getting away from him. It's just, it's kind of amazing how all these, even in a down season, all these coaches are being, you know, targeted by different teams. Yeah. Except Liam Cohen. Except William Cohen. <laughs> God. Uh, well, continuing the coaching carousel, because we might as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh talk let's walk through what the Broncos have been up to lately Johnny so their week-long odyssey started um I don't remember when but this is basically catching up on all the rumors that happened they tried to court D'Amico Ryans but didn't lock him in in between that they tried to hire Jim Harbaugh they failed so they go back they aggressively pursued D'Amico Ryans. He tells them he's going to the Texans. Same day, they're just like, fuck it. They pulled the trigger on the Sean Payton trade. Before we get to Sean Payton, uh, D'Amico Ryans, good to get him out of the division. He was San Francisco's defensive coordinator, which is uh, which has kind of become the equivalent of McVay's offensive coordinator in terms of like being a launching pad to head coaching jobs at this point. But, um, yeah. yeah, which is crazy. We talked about, I think it was on either a pod or two pods ago, that D'Amico Ryan to the Texans made way too much sense to not happen. And here we are. That great hire. 
finally seems like they'll have a coach that lasts more than one year. All six years. Yeah. If like, if this doesn't work out for them, they tried. It's it's hard to, it's hard to knock this higher. If it goes bad, we might knock it in hindsight, but former Texans player, one of the best defensive coaches in the league, one of the youngest, smartest minds in the game. It's it, it's a money hire. It, it's it's hard to to knock this. It, it's impossible to knock it. I think if this doesn't pan out for the Texans, that the Texans are just cursed. They're just cursed, yeah. <laughs> like I don't think they could have made a better hire unless they signed like. Sean McVay or Bill Belichick or yeah, not, not many names out there better than this. Oh, the yeah, flip- I mean, without a doubt, he was the best available coach. Yeah. Agreed. Most upside, uh, all that on the flip side. So the Broncos wind up with Sean Payton. They, to get Sean Payton, they had to give up some assets. So this is the full trade they made with the saints. They get Sean Payton and I think the Saints 2024 third. I wrote down 23, but I don't think that's accurate. The Saints receive the 29th pick in this year's draft and the Broncos 2024 second round pick. So essentially the pick that the Broncos got for trading Bradley Chubb was traded for a coach. Um, <laughs> I... You know, we, we've we've talked a lot about Sean Payton over the last couple of weeks, really over the last couple of years. Obviously, he's a good coach. Is he overrated as fuck? Yes, absolutely. He's absolutely not worth trading a first-round pick for. Even if it's a late first-round pick, I don't care. You're just trying to salvage this Russell Wilson situation as best you can, and now you've essentially traded three first-round picks for your core of Sean Payton and Russell Wilson on a team that won what five games last year, there are some pieces by the Rams. Yeah. And got blown out by the, the Rams who had the, we just said it, the worst offense in football, uh, blew out this team. Absolute fucking shelling. Like there are some pieces in the building. If he could fix Russell Wilson, then that's great. But like, if he gets Russell Wilson back to eighty percent of his prime, I still don't think this team is even close to being a contender. Like, I don't know why why you would do this. It's just really trying to salvage a probably broken situation. But to give up a pick, man, for a coach, like. It's not that fucking hard to find a coach. I don't know. I don't know. I would rather take a risk on a, on a higher than, than this. Yeah, this one baffled me also just because I I sort of understand to an extent that you that you want to have, you know, great leadership. And I, I do think that they were hoping to get D'Amico Ryans. And as soon as... They, they clearly were. Yeah. And just, I don't know, for me, it, it's it's puzzling to me because I, I think I would much rather take a risk on, on a younger, 
you know, coordinator uh, to make that leap rather than, you know, essentially, because let's face it, they're in rebuild mode. No matter which way they want to spin it, they're, they're going to rebuild. Uh, unfortunately, they're going to have to rebuild around Russell Wilson, but so. And you're not going to really do that if you won't have any picks. And, you know, trading that away for a coach, congratulations, you have Sean Payton. Now you have to not only do that, but you also have to make him a really wealthy man as well. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if this is, you know, starting that well. I mean, maybe it'll pan out in the end. Maybe this will help them down the line. But in the immediate future, expect the Broncos to, you know, struggle for the next at least two or three years. Yeah, I yeah I don't know. I think this is really a test. Like Sean Payton will, for the rest of his life, be a legend in New Orleans. Uh, for all the shit I could talk about him, for what he did before Bounty Gate happened. Uh, he could have retired then and would have been a legend in that city. For the rest of the world, if he comes in and just bombs in this situation... I, I think it's just like it it's clearly proving that he was carried by Drew Brees in, in that offense. And there are Peyton truthers who will say, well, he, he made Drew Brees into a Hall of Famer. Like, did he, though? Drew Brees, the only reason he became available on the market is because he hadn't really, like, fully arrived on the scene yet as a big player. The Chargers, because of that, go out and draft Eli Manning with the first overall pick who pouts his way out of that situation and ends up with the um with the Giants. Why can I not remember what team he played for? So they get Phillip Rivers and while Drew Brees while Phillip Rivers is supposed to sit behind Drew Brees and probably take the job over during the year, Drew Brees has a has a career year becomes clearly a guy who should be starting in the league and basically became available because they had to play Phillip Rivers. And it worked out for both sides, but we're talking about a guy who was on the rise before he entered New Orleans. And was Sean Payton a contributor in his career? Of course. But if he can't make this situation worse, and even worse, if they just move on from Russell Wilson and he can't turn the team around, uh. It's a tough look for him. That being said, that absolutely shouldn't prevent him from taking this job. But I just think giving up a first-round pick and a second-round pick, even if you're getting a third back for a coach, is pretty silly. I don't know. Even if Sean McVay left and the Rams did this for, like, Kyle Shanahan, I'd still have my questions about it. Yeah, it... (laughs) It's it's tough pill to swallow for sure uh, to <laughs> to give up so much and then you you still have questions about the guy like there this will obviously prove you know the remainder of his career if he can somehow because let's face it if if Sean Payton can come in and and make this team into a contender immediately. You got to give the man his props because th- this is a dumpster fire of a team that he's that he's inheriting, and uh, 
I mean, there there might be some pieces here and there, but boy, do they have they 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 got a lot to figure out. And uh, for for the Bronco fans, they you know you better hope that Peyton is the answer to their prayers. Yeah, they. I mean, they need to for this to look like a smart move. They need to not only make the playoffs but win a game or two in the playoffs. Because. I don't know. I especially like in football, I guess more than other sports, coaches matter more. But at the same time, you know, like I remember the Clippers, I think, traded a first round pick for Doc Rivers at some point, which like I still think is stupid to trade a first round pick for a coach. I have a lot of the same thoughts about Doc Rivers as I do Sean Payton, despite the fact that he is the Sixers head coach. But when you when you give up the the thirtieth pick in the NBA draft or whatever, like that's a lot different than giving up the thirtieth pick in the NFL draft because you're fielding a lineup of five guys at a time, and you need to have to win an NBA title. You need to have like eight good players on your team to win a Super Bowl. You need to have like thirty playable players, and a lot of those guys have to be like ballers like you can have some average guys out there but you have to have heavy hitters at the top of the roster and you get those guys in the first round so I think it's just more important than a coach I don't know I think it it'd be stupid for almost any team to do this no matter who they're getting it's almost as stupid as giving Deshaun Watson a fully guaranteed contract <laughs> I'll be honest Almost. Yeah, for all this shit I could talk about, Peyton, not a, not nearly as stupid. <laughs> not even close. Man, what a fucking disaster. I hope he sucks for the rest of his career. <laughs> That's how you know Steve is, is uh, you know, really disappointed in that move when he almost, pra- not, not praises, but almost gives, like, a green light to this move for Sean Payton, who he's heavily critical of, <laughs> that's how you know that's a bad move. Yeah, it's it's comparing, like, three-week-old oranges to literal poop. <laughs> I don't want either of them, but the actions of one of these two people was a lot worse. Anyways... More coaching carousel. So Raheem Morris is still the Rams defensive coordinator, but there are two open jobs. Arizona is still open and Indianapolis is still open. Morris did have a second round interview with Colts, but they are still looking at other candidates. They brought in Aaron Glenn for a second round interview, who's also going to Arizona for a second round interview. So possible that both of these guys get head coaching jobs. What are you feeling today? Do you think, Raheem Morris ends up being the Colts' next head coach, or do you think he's back with the Rams? I don't think he's interviewed for Arizona, right? It's either the Colts or, or nothing. Yeah, that's basically how my understanding of it. That's not to say that the Cardinals can't reach out to him at any point, but if I had to guess, um, I think that he's the Rams' defensive coordinator in, in 2023. Uh I don't know, like something about, you know, the Colts not committing to him 
right this second, which they didn't say no. I mean, he did, you know, get a second interview. So that that's not nothing. But it, it just just the feeling of mine, I think he's going to be the defensive coordinator. But even if he's not, I don't know if how big of a loss that would be. Don't necessarily want him gone, but I wouldn't like I wouldn't be losing sleep over it. Yeah, I, so I guess, like, what's the alternative if he leaves? You know, who can they, who can they get? Because. That is a good question. Yeah, because at this point, like, I think I, I'm more bullish on the, him actually being signed by the Colts than you are. But I, I just, like. He's a really good defensive coordinator. I again, I agree. It's not the end of the world if he leaves, but it. Who do we get? Like Fangio's gone. All the big names, like the the big names, are kind of out of the picture, right? I was literally thinking today that if he leaves, like do they call Wade Phillips? Like I don't know what they do. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I highly doubt to go that route. I agree, um, but I don't know. Is uh, Aubrey Ple- Pleasant still available? <laughs> they could. They could poach um, Evero from Denver, who's also in the mix for this job. I mean, I mean, yeah, there there are guys you could chase, but I don't know. I don't know. I I would rather have Raheem Morris than any of the other options out there right now. But I also kind of think I think he's probably the favorite for Indy. I don't know. I will we'll see. I I don't know. It it might be just my feeling on the matter. Um but, you know, maybe it's wishful thinking also because I I'm kind of with you, man. I I don't know if there's really anybody out there that I'd be really super excited about if, uh, you know, Raheem Morris leaves. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, no, I, I don't want to say I hope he's back because like I'm rooting for him to get a head coaching job, but I wouldn't be upset if he's back next year. Nah. He's only 46, which is crazy. I feel like he's been around the league for a while. It's just he's one of those those guys that just got a coaching gig like right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean Sean McVay's still the youngest head coach in the NFL, which is like fucking bananas. <laughs> That's why like it's funny cuz I explaining this to to people about like well, when Sean McVay retires, he could come back and people are like, "Won't he be too old?" I'm like, "No. <laughs> too younger than some of these guys in the locker room." Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's and that's the thing. Like, whenever he leaves the Rams, he 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 will coach again, more than likely. But he could take as long as he wants because he's if he retires at forty, got got plenty of time to come back, plenty of time. It's just insane to think about. Like, man, I I, I kind of wish I I had that kind of luxury. Like, yeah, I'm going to retire at age 40, maybe come back at some point. We'll see. Yeah, that'd be great. That would be the dream. (laughs) 
Anyways, the salary cap increased to $224 million, kind of about what was expected around the number. It was between like $220 million and $225 million. The Rams are currently $14 million over the cap. So they have some work to do. They're going to have to restructure some players. I'm sure they will, but I wonder how much they're going to restructure because, you know, restructuring contracts is just, you're going to have to pay these guys at some point. Yeah. I I think if I had to guess, in order to get over the salary cap, they're just going to restructure Aaron Donald. But, man, that's going to be a massive contract next year uh, considering he doesn't retire. Yeah, but, like, you know what? You this season was such a disaster that I think you have to make every possible move you can to compete in 23. Um, And if that is kind of fucking ourselves over in 24, that's fine. Money wise, like you, you should still have your first round pick. If you don't have it, you probably got somebody really good that's going to help you compete. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, you you need to bounce back from this. Because if you don't, I don't know. I I don't know what happens. Players will leave. Shit, I'll hit the fan. Just restructure everybody except Allen Robinson and Joe Nobu. (laughs) What about Leonard Floyd? I don't know. You know, that's an interesting one. That Because we'd have to pay him... I'm guessing a shitload of money in 24 if we restructure him, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. Like, looking at the guys you can restructure, I think, I, I know Donald would be an insane contract in 24, but I think you have to do it. I think you have to restructure him. He get, he gives you the most room, and if we have to drastically overpay Aaron Donald in 2024, who fucking cares, man? He's earned it. You probably restructure Cup. Um, you probably restructure... It doesn't really get easy after that. I don't know. Like, do you restructure Bobby Wagner? You probably restructure Jalen Ramsey. Floyd's a tough one. Floyd is a tough one. Do you want to look into restructuring Matthew Stafford? I'm looking at over the cap, and it says we would basically get no money back. So, Uh. no. Um, You can get some money by restructuring guys like Havenstein, Higby, but not a lot. They get seven million, seven and a half million from restructuring Bobby Wagner. That'll be an interesting one. I think for Wagner, it would it would make the most sense. But I, like you said, there there are consequences into doing that. You know, it it's literally a credit card for free uh, for current <laughs> yeah. contract players, and uh, boy, that comes back with a vengeance. So um, yeah. Yeah, big, I just, big decisions this offseason because, yeah, it, it, even with this increase in salary cap, we're still behind. Uh, but oddly enough, we're not the worst team. Yeah, yeah, no, the Saints, <laughs> the Saints are. Um, yeah, it's like for Cup, Donald, Ramsey, like, I think you just got to do it because they're going to be here if you want them to be here. They're really good. And you can't do it for like, you know, if you restructure Allen Robinson and Joseph Noboom, you'll save $20 million total. But you can't do that. 
Like, you cannot do that. Uh, especially Robinson. I mean, if they want to talk themselves in the note boom and do that, like, I guess, but it's a bad decision. It'd be a bad decision for both of them. Not fun. I can't wait to see how they figure this out. But they always do. They always do. So we'll see what happens. Um, I Let's talk about the Pro Bowl games that are coming up on Sunday. <laughs> the alternates have been selected. And Jalen Ramsey is in the Pro Bowl now. So the Rams, Johnny, believe it or not, have more Pro Bowlers this year than 10 teams in the NFL. That's insanity. That's great, right? <laughs> I I mean, we'll, we'll probably discuss even more as to how big of a joke the Pro Bowl has become. But, yeah, it, <laughs> it's just kind of amazing. But at the same time, it's not as though the Rams don't have great players. It's just they were either hurt or the Rams just underperformed. Well, they only have a couple great players, and they were hurt. Yeah. Um, but if the team was healthy this year fully, how many more Pro Bowlers do you think they'd have? I think they'd have Cooper one Cup more Pro sure. Bowler. I, I think it'd be Cooper Cup, and that's it. Uh, like, who I was mean, hurt that would have made the Pro Bowl? Maybe Matthew Stafford. I mean, did you watch Matthew Stafford in the games he played? Yes, but I mean, you got guys like 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 Derek Carr making the Pro Bowl. <laughs> so yeah, let's talk about that because this is truly fucking insanity. The well, the quarterbacks for the NFC were Jalen Hurts, Geno Smith, and Kirk Cousins. Hurts can't play; they replaced him with Jared Goff. That was the end of it. So Matthew Stafford wouldn't have made it um, if he if he played the whole year, unless he went absolutely crazy. In the AFC, they selected Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. None of those guys are playing. Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. Allen's hurt. Joe Burrow just straight up declined, which is why they should do this after the Super Bowl, because this is stupid. And so here's let, – let me ex- – because I've looked into this, Johnny. Let me explain to you why Tyler Huntley is in this game. Uh, and it's not a good explanation, but I'm going to do my best. So essentially you have three quarterbacks drop out. You need people to go. So, like, you're not going to name a bunch of alternates who don't go and then just keep naming alternates, right? So yeah. so they they take Trevor Lawrence, which makes sense. Uh, they take Derek Carr, which is bad. And then they take Tyler Huntley, who, played, who started four games. So, like... I'm going to run you through the list of other teams in the AFC that could have sent quarterbacks. The Dolphins, their quarterbacks hurt. The Patriots, did Mac Jones decline? Like, he's not a pro bowler either, but does he deserve it more than Tyler Huntley? Yes. Uh, The Jets, nobody. The Steelers, again, like Kenny Pickett, not a pro bowler. Does he deserve it over Tyler Huntley? Yes. The Browns, this is where this now we're going to talk conspiracy theories, Johnny. There is no argument for Tyler Huntley to make the Pro Bowl or over, 
over Jacoby Brissett. <laughs> but if the NFL called the Browns and was like, we want to put Jacoby Brissett in the Pro Bowl, they would be like, absolutely fucking not. We can't have our backup quarterback going to the Pro Bowl. We need to have our face of the franchise, a uh, little shithead, as as the guy here. You can't take Brissett. So I don't know. There's no argument that Tyler Huntley, who started four games, can make the Pro Bowl over Jacoby Brissett, who, by my understanding, isn't hurt, right? Who I think would have gladly accepted an invite to this shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't think so. Um... <laughs> like, the other teams, the Titans, the Colts, the Texans, I mean, do they all have quarterbacks who deserve it over Tyler Huntley? Probably, but... um. Also, not really. I mean, the Titans don't because Tannehill's hurt. The Chargers, I'm pretty sure Justin Herbert just had surgery. And the Broncos, I would have put Russell Wilson in this game over Tyler Huntley, dude. That would have been amusing seeing Russell Wilson in the Pro Bowl. It would have been dumb, but dumb shit has happened like that in the Pro Bowl basically every year for the last 20 years. And it's not dumber than putting a quarterback who started four games in the Pro Bowl and wasn't that good in those games. Dude has two touchdowns in the season. Dude, how did they – who else declined? (laughs) Just – it's mind-boggling. At that point, it's like, do you even need a third guy? (laughs) That's the point where Goodell calls Russell Wilson and is like, I need a favor. You have to go play in this game. And he probably would have. So like just just wild. How how did you get how did we get to this point? It, it's kind of one of those things where it's like no matter what ends up happening, you you kind of you know, the NFL kind of looks stupid. You know, even if, if you you put in Russell Wilson instead. That's going to be ridiculed like hell. But at the end of the day, like, you're giving a a Pro Bowl berth to a guy who didn't deserve it. But, like, with Russell Wilson, like, he's a Hall of Famer. And you're just adding a number to, like, he's an, he'd be a 10-time Pro Bowler if he made it this year. Now, like, anytime you look up Tyler Huntley, it's it, it, when you Google who's the least deserving player to ever make a Pro Bowl in 20 years— it's just going to be Tyler Huntley forever. No because question. I mean, since I've been watching sports, this is the craziest selection I've ever seen. It's crazier than Kobe making it after like playing five games because at least you can understand how he got in there. Same thing when like Yao Ming would make the all-star game after not playing. Like there are explanations for those decisions. And like, there's just not an explanation for this under any any way you put it Steve we we need to we need to go into the NFL there's a good chance we make the pro bowl <laughs> like i also kind of fucking love tyler huntley but like what are, what are we do what are we doing <laughs> i i mean you got you got to give it up to the guy the dude must be living his best life right now he can honestly he could retire after the season and be like, hey, I was a Pro Bowl quarterback. 
So I, I I looked up in Yahoo. It says voting is done by players who have sometimes been known to vote for their teammates and friends instead of players who may actually be mo- most deserving for alternates. So, I mean, that's the answer. Because <laughs> this guy, the Ravens probably fucking love this guy. But, yeah, I don't know. I think at some point you just have to step in. Now, now, Steve, I actually seen this argument online, and I just couldn't help but chuckle a little bit. I wanted your take on this. I seen a comment, or, or several comments, where they believe that Huntley should be the Ravens' future quarterback and not Lamar Jackson. Do people <laughs> actually say that? Yes, and I'm like... In what universe is that actually the case? <laughs> none, none. There, there. <laughs> there's no world where that's the case. It just it, it baffles me. It really does. Uh, how anyone could believe that? Uh, you know, I'm not, you know, Lamar Jackson's biggest fan or anything like that. But I sure as hell would take him as my starter if I'm the Ravens. You look at how the Ravens took the Bengals to the brink in that playoff game, and then the Bengals just trashed the Bills. If, <laughs> if Lamar was healthy, dude, that team might have made a playoff run. It's possible. And, like, you know, like, Huntley's okay. I take him as our backup, but he he's not a starter. Would you take him over Baker Mayfield? Mm, no. What do you think? Interesting. As as our backup quarterback, I don't I don't know. If the offensive line is like this again next year, then yeah. But in a world with a normal offensive line, no, I think I think I take Baker. You would take Huntley. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, just because of, like, how you said, the offensive line. And uh, definitely more entertaining of a quarterback. Uh, But at the same time, one thing they both could say is, if I'm not mistaken, I believe they both are pro bowlers. (laughs) Yeah, I think Baker's made one. If, If you're a quarterback in the NFL who has started for multiple years and like has put up numbers and never made a deep playoff run and never had a big history of injuries. You've probably made a pro bowl. (laughs) Like he probably just snuck into one as an alternate, you know, that Tyler Huntley now has the same amount of pro bowls as Matthew Stafford. That just, it's incredible. It really is. (laughs) Baker actually hasn't made one. So he's got more than Baker. I thought, I thought he made it one year as an alternate. Uh, the 2020, he played great. Um, I'm going to look up the 2020 Pro Bowl because I want to know why he didn't make it. They didn't have, oh, I will tell you why. It's because they didn't have a Pro Bowl, so nobody dropped out. Ah, gotcha. So, yeah, um, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. No, nobody could drop out, so it just happened. Steve, correct me if I'm wrong. The NFL 
are they even playing a, a, a football game or there's like there's like a flag football game there's like skills challenges like which is like why why it's hilarious to me that Joe Burrow just said no because <laughs> like you're not getting asked to do a ton here so yeah I don't know man <laughs> I it, it's just there's like a lot of questionable decisions by the NFL about the Pro Bowl and starting with why the hell do they insist on playing the Pro Bowl before the Super Bowl? I I think it's I so dumb. I, I And I've said this before, like, I would be much more likely to watch this shit if it was after the Super Bowl because you're like, because it was always marketed as like the last game of the season, which was fun. If you made the Super Bowl, you could still play in it if you wanted to. Like, there are guys who you know, are on a good team and get selected and they can't go. Like, you're going to tell me Creed Humphrey doesn't want to play in this game, dude? He can't go. Um, I I just, yeah, I think it's dumb as hell. Like, do it after the Super Bowl. It makes it more fun. Like, you're not antsy about the, the end of the season. And, like, you, you get you get another week of football. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll chalk this up as another one that we likely won't watch. Yeah, I'm definitely not watching this. <laughs> There's got to be a basketball game worth watching more than this. <laughs> uh, anything. Watch, Netflix, watch Abbott Elementary on, on Hulu. <laughs> well, do you have anything else? Hey, we went 51 minutes today. It was not bad. Uh, nope, just that, uh, he was hoping that the Eagles win. Main reason is because I made a bet with a good friend of mine who lives in Iowa. If the Eagles, if the Eagles, uh, win, he has to come visit in Cali. If the Eagles lose, I have to go visit him in Iowa. I don't want to go to Iowa. So, I've, I've actually been to Iowa. I've been skiing there when I was in college. I honestly didn't know it snowed in Iowa. <laughs> it's, it didn't snow a lot. It was uh, it was a little hill that we skied on. It was very amusing to me. But, hey, Midwest, Midwest is underrated. I just know that there's a place there called Corn Palace. And I'm not going to lie, I'm kind of intrigued. <laughs> That's not even in Iowa. That's in South Dakota. Is it really? Yeah, I did a, I did a cross country road trip two years ago, and we drove past the Corn Palace. <laughs> oh man! And wow, my, <laughs> we pulled off the exit. This is like day four of the road trip. My my car started making noises, so we like pulled over. We were like concerned. We were about to be stuck outside the Corn Palace, which is in the middle of fucking nowhere in <laughs> South Dakota. And uh, yeah, luckily I just turned my car off and I turned it on, and the weird noises stopped. But yeah, I almost got stuck in. Where where is the Corn Palace? Uh, Mitchell, South Dakota. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting. Here, I thought it was Iowa all this time. Yeah, they're uh, 
Man, there there are a lot of states out there. There are a lot of states. <laughs> this just, I mean, this just makes Iowa even worse. There's not even Corn Palace there. I, I pulled up a map of Iowa, and it's not that far from Iowa. Where What city in Iowa? Is it like Des Moines, or is it the middle of nowhere? I have no idea, to be honest. <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still hoping that the Eagles continue their dominance, which, I mean, considering how the Chiefs played this past week, it wouldn't surprise me at all if the Eagles whip the Chiefs. I, I still don't think that they should have advanced to the Super Bowl, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> you don't think the Chiefs should have advanced? No. I don't know, man. I, You know how I feel about penalties, deciding a game, and I think you had to call that penalty. But I don't, I don't know. know, man. Extra third down. It's just a little weird for me. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't really care who wins the Super Bowl, which is nice. I haven't felt that way in a long time. I I normally wouldn't, but in this case, Iowa's on the line, so I care. Yeah, like even like there's usually either I'm rooting against an NFC West team or the Patriots, or I'm like rooting for teams I don't necessarily like because I have friends who like those teams and like somebody might as well experience joy before I knew that I could too experience joy. But both these teams have won recently, so like whatever. I think I'd be I think I'm rooting for the Chiefs because like Andy Reid is the goat. Like get that payback when. Steve just wants me to go to Send Iowa. Send the man to Iowa. That that's like the that's like the meanest thing you've ever said to me, Steve. <laughs> I hope we have some people that listen to this podcast from Iowa that are mad at you for ragging on the state. If you live in Iowa, my condolences. <laughs> they have a ski hill. I don't remember the name of it. <laughs> if you live in Iowa and you're listening to this podcast, let me know the fun things that you can do in Iowa. And and let me know also if there is also a corn palace there because I'm genuinely curious now. <laughs> I think it's called Chestnut now that I'm looking at places nearby. Don't Chestnut Palace? <laughs> Chestnut Mountain Resort. Oh, Chestnut Mountain, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. That that seems that seems right based on how far it's from Milwaukee. All right, this is a waste of time. If you guys are, are still listening, you guys are the best. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Steve Ribeiro, at Johnny Five Not Six at Talk Rams. We'll be back next week.